Welcome back to the second episode of the second season of The Podcast. We know it's been a while since we talked, and we want to make sure to address the gap in our recording and the changes that we've seen in the world at large before we show you the episode that we've planned for you today. Here we are now, it's early June of 2020. We've already had a global pandemic, the exodus of students from our college campuses, the new normal of social distancing, a major shift in the economy, and a global outcry against police brutality and systemic racism in our society. As we record this intro today, there have been protests in all 50 states and 18 countries around the globe calling for real change and amplifying the voices of those in the Black community. While things are pretty heavy these days, we want to express our love for anybody who's going through difficult times. We know that things seem very different than they were months, weeks, or hours before this. We want you to know you're a part of our ohana and that we support you. We've been holding on to this episode and getting our schedule ready for the upcoming few months, all the while knowing that the longer we waited, the harder that this introduction would become. In addition to these global shifts, Frank and I have both had shifts in our personal and professional lives as well. Let's catch up with Frank and see what he, his family, and ASU has been up to since COVID-19 hit. Thank you, Haley. Well, we are back, and uh, unfortunately, things have changed. However, um, we have been surviving, and we are still safe and healthy here in Tempe, Arizona. So I'll start with my family life here. We've been sheltering in Tempe, Arizona, um, as most of you have been sheltering in your homes. Um, One of the biggest challenges for us has been really just kind of managing a different home life. I have two teenagers at home who are high school seniors. So managing the emotions of uh, high school seniors who are not going to be able to participate in traditional senior, um, high school senior graduation activities has been a challenge, but we are uh, making the best of it and looking for some silver lining in anything that, anything and everything that we've been doing. So uh, we also have, uh, I have experienced firsthand not only being a provider of digital services, which we know there's a lot of technology today and a lot of digital, but I've also been a consumer of those digital services because I've been attending college orientations virtually for both my daughters um, and a virtual graduation. Uh, it's been very impressive on what we have been able to do in higher education um, and what others have been able to do in uh, in school uh, scene relative to virtual virtual graduations. So I've been impressed with the resources with us and with the response. Um, I've seen it firsthand and I've been uh, able to experience that not only as a provider, but as a consumer. So very exciting there. Um, at ASU though, obviously, like many of you, we've had to do some quick pivots. Uh, some of the things, I'll just highlight a couple of things that uh, I've been impacted and been involved with uh, here as a result of COVID-19. We have quickly been able to uh, implement live agent chat for some of our uh, student services groups who were doing uh, case management. Uh, Our International Student Scholar Center immediately needed to do a live agent chat functionality because they were unable to provide student services to these international students who were not able to leave campus, had to stay on campus, but they were also coming into the office, yet there was no one in the office to help them. Uh, So Live Agent Chat was quickly deployed within one week uh, for this group, as of that, they have over 1,800 chats to date. So that was a great story for I will be working with Corey Snow, and in the very near future, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you will see a story, uh, a blog, uh, 
story come out relative to the details of live agent chat implementation at ASU. We were also able to help out our um, first year success coach group. They needed uh, two-way text uh, in order to continue to provide service to our students, our first year uh, students, and make sure that they, were, that they were addressing any of their retention issues or any of the issues that they had during this um, time of change. And as a result, we were able to implement uh, two-way text using SMS Magic. Um, it was an amazing experience. We've got back from our stakeholders and our users. In fact, um, our first year success group at ASU uh, provided us a first year success champion award for the team. And we've also been recognized as humble heroes for doing this quietly and under the radar uh, and making things happen for our users and our students. So it's a lot going on, good stuff. Yeah. And yeah, well, two things for you, Frank. So can I interview you on the podcast about those two things? <laughs> Absolutely. And then um, remind me, where are your daughters going to school? They're both staying in Arizona, right? Yes, I actually have one that will be going to Arizona State University, ASU, and then another one that will be uh, attending the University of Arizona. So uh, excited to keep them in state and, um, you know, it'll be a house divided. Yeah, that's fun. I always love hearing about things like with your family, and um, we'll definitely have to cover some of that in an upcoming episode. There's a lot going on uh, at ASU. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. Well, what do you got? Well, you know, Frank, things have been pretty interesting for me. Um, I actually started a new job at the beginning of March. So for those of you that don't know, I left Michigan State University, uh, I think, end of February and started at Smith College on March 9th. Uh, Smith College is a private all-women's college set along the Connecticut River in Northampton, Massachusetts. It's really beautiful, really amazing campus, um, lots of rich history there. But um, to to have done this in the middle of all of it has been really crazy. I was out there for all of 10 days. My husband helped me move out and then like came back to Michigan and was going to help sell our house. And then everything pretty much went remote. Um, So I promptly returned (laughs) and we've been sheltering in place in Michigan uh, for the last two months or so. Uh, And if you ever wondered what it's like moving across country, selling your house during a global pandemic, I can't say that I recommend it too much, Um, but it is happening and we're really excited for our new adventure there. Um, I'm sure I'll be sharing more about Smith uh, in the upcoming few months here. Um, But yeah, at Smith, the use cases there are mostly around advancement or marketing, uh, and I've been just kind of ramping up and getting up to speed, which has been really nice to do, although difficult to do while being remote. So um, that's been interesting. We've had new methods of kind of team building and thinking about how we fit into the larger picture, and I hope our footprint continues to grow. I've got really great leadership examples there to to learn from. Uh, And I was able to contribute to some of that COVID-19 planning two days in, like literally on my second day, I was asked to and delivered um, an appointment workshop scheduling tool. Uh, We had about three hours to like find it and build it. uh, And we're still using it today, two months later. So I guess that's good. Um, I'd definitely share more about that at some point in the future. Shout out to the tool schedule once um, for being really easy to implement and use. So it's been awesome. Wow, it sounds like you have had a whirlwind of activity from uh, moving and then returning and getting your house for sale and then putting up a 
doing some of this COVID-19 activity, you know, within two days of, of your first, your first two days on the job at Smith and uh, crazy. Well, congratulations to you for your move to Smith. Um, we're excited to hear about all the new things that you are going to be doing and uh, uh, over at Smith. And I'm sure they're also very excited to have you. I'm very lucky. Aw, thanks, Frank. Um, that was really sweet. You know, it's, it's going to be hard not seeing you at Higher Ed Summit. I know we usually do a recording or something like that um, at any of our live events. So that'll be hard uh, not to have that kind of contact this year. Um, I know we have lots planned for the podcast, new formats, new topics, all kinds of new and exciting things. Uh, and we really hope that you guys enjoy the, the content that we're putting together. We'll also continue to do full episodes, but we need your help in finding those great stories and areas. So if you or someone you work with would like to be featured on the podcast, uh, please reach out through our site at thepodcast.com or via Twitter at thepodcast. Um, so let's go on with the main reason for listening. In the following episode, we are taking you back to a time just before COVID-19. In fact, not a single mention of COVID-19 happens after this introduction, which is probably kind of refreshing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. (laughs) So in this episode, recorded at the end of February, we talked with Carrie and Lori from the University of Massachusetts Lowell about their student service initiative. It's a great one, and we hope you enjoy So without further ado, we present season two, episode two of the podcast. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Um, I think the last time we were here was uh, back in December with uh, Corey Snow. So since then, we've had holidays, um, we've had vacations, and uh, now we're trying to get back on track for uh, the remainder of uh, 2020. So again, welcome to the podcast. Um, the cash again is the collective advice for CRM in higher education. My name is Frank Montoya. I'm still the operations manager over at the Enterprise CRM instance at Arizona State University. And I still have responsibility for the Enterprise Salesforce team that administers, develops, and all the business analysts that support the Salesforce uh, Enterprise instance. So uh, I'm very excited uh, to come into 2020 and learn about our institutions and their roadmaps for the rest of the year. Um, I'm still a member of the Higher Ed Advisory Council, and I'm happy to be co-hosting this with Haley. Haley, over to you. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, we haven't done a, an episode since 2019, so first episode this year. This is exciting. Um, so hi, everybody. I'm Haley Gould, another member of the Higher Ed Advisory Council. Um, I'm the Sierra Manager at Michigan State University. So I'm the Salesforce product owner, the architect, and I run the CRM implementation team. My role is both strategic and operational, where I lead a shared platform design org strategy and the roadmap for enterprise, enterprise projects involving Salesforce. Uh, I'm really excited to get back to our second season after a short winter hiatus. You can consider the podcast out of hibernation with some new episodes hitting the airwaves between now and Higher Ed Summit, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Frank, are you bringing a big team to Indianapolis this year? We are bringing our usual suspects. So we expect to have at least 15 to 20 folks from Arizona State University attend uh, higher ed in Indianapolis this year. Very exciting. That's such a big group. That's awesome. All right. So, well, again, I'm excited that for so many good conversations and to help surface those here on the podcast, as a reminder, each episode is centered around higher education and one or two universities who have knowledge to share. 
while we have planned segments, each interview is completely unique and collaborative. So we'll talk about anything and everything and, and give advice on how to approach it. Today, we're going to talk with Lori and Carrie from the University of Massachusetts Lowell. Awesome. So before we get started, I want to be sure that we start out with our disclaimer and our opening statement. So on the podcast, all questions and opinions shared are our own, as are the opinions and answers shared by our guests. The podcast has grown out of efforts by Higher Education Advisory Council members, where we aim to provide context and experiences to help you in your journey with Salesforce. Please make all purchasing decisions with the products and features that currently exist today and with the help of your account and success representatives from salesforce.org. Woo! All right, Frank, that's all I got. Do you want to kick us off? Let's do it. So, uh, folks, today we have a rare treat as we have two representatives from the University of Massachusetts Lowell, Carrie and Lori. We're going to let them introduce themselves and their roles and talk about their roles at the university and in the campus Salesforce initiatives that they support. Uh, but first, I just want to say thank you for being here with us. And Lori, since we know you're from the Higher Ed Advisory Council, why don't you start us off with your introduction and then you can hand it over to Carrie. Sure, Frank. Hi, Lori Dembowitz, UMass Lowell. I serve our campus by being the associate CIO in our IT group. And our focus is uh, enterprise applications and CRM is a major part of that. And we also manage other enterprise applications for the university. And as you said, I'm on the Higher Ed Advisory Council and this is my second year. And I'll turn it over to my colleague, Carrie Donahoe. Sure. Hello, everyone. I'm Carrie Donahue. I serve the UMass Lowell campus as the Dean of Academic Services, which um, my team includes four key areas on campus with the primary goal of supporting student success. That includes our one-stop solution center, our registrar's office, our Centers for Learning and Academic Support Services, which includes tutoring and our professional advising across six colleges, um, all who are in Salesforce and um, have been really using Salesforce to transform the way we serve our students. That's beautiful. Um, that's really exciting. I know you guys were featured recently uh, in Medium, um, particularly around the One Stop too. So. I'm excited to get a little bit of feedback and we'll make sure to post that link um, uh, later uh, once we post the episode. So tell us about University of Massachusetts Lowell and what makes it unique. Well, we're part of the UMass system. We have uh, 18,000 plus students. We are a research university. We're an urban campus, a public institution. We have been growing significantly over the last 10 years and it's not just growth. It's uh, you know, a lot of things are going in the right direction. So in addition to all the physical changes, building and growth and, and our campus just being redone, we have more students, The uh, we're more and more competitive. And, you know, I'll turn it over to Carrie to talk about retention and graduation rates because that's a key part of our story. Yeah, I think one of the greatest successes, and we've been, you know, named one of the fastest growing public universities, and, um, but our success story, as Laurie was saying, is not just enrollment growth, which is also um, bucking the trends nationally as we're facing declining demographics, but we've, we've, our, our enrollment has grown over 50% in the last eight or so years. And in that same time, the academic profile of our student has also 
increased and our retention and graduation rates um, have grown tremendously and I'll just use I think my favorite kind of area of, of growth that we've done is around our graduation rates because while retention is something we have laser-like focus on those are milestones and snapshots but if for institutions that are committed to student success, it's getting students to graduate that is actually delivering our promise we make to the students. And we've increased our four, five, and six year graduation rates by more than 10% in each category. So yeah, we're, we're for our six year, we are, our 2020 strategic goal was to hit 60% and we are closing in on 67%. So wow. um, we have far exceeded our goals. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Sounds fantastic. And with all that growth, I'm sure there's a lot of changes that have had to happen and a lot of technology that has to been put in place uh, to support that growth. So that kind of lets me uh, segue into one of our next questions, which is what is the high level scope of the build within Salesforce today and how is that supporting this growth? Sure, I'll I'll start and uh, I'll ask Carrie to to you know add her thoughts too. But we started uh, using Salesforce in late 2014, so we're on our sixth year, starting our sixth year on the CRM. We have one enterprise org uh, currently uh, serving 12 or 13 departments and about 300 users. So. Uh, for us, it's all about student success, um, and uh, we've uh, taken on, you know, project by project uh, to further that that mission. And we're happy to talk about any and all of these of these projects. Yeah, I think that I, I would just jump in there, and I would start that this really grew out of our strategic planning which we began really in 2009 as we entered kind of the, the next decade. And the university was doing a lot. It was a, the Strategic Planning Commission was over 200 faculty and staff. And one of the key areas of that was around student success. We knew that while we were looking to grow, that students were going to be and would remain at the center of all that we did. And so I'll just use the example with how we got to Salesforce as, as our CRM. Um, we really, part of that strategic planning was the idea that envisioned an integrated student service. We wanted to move away from the silos and that is where we brought together key areas from the registrar's office, financial aid, student billing, and we spent a year really thinking about what that would look like in business process redesign. And that's where the whole evolution of our solution center came about. And in that process, we knew we couldn't do the work without having a CRM to support the work. Um, and, and that was really kind of, I think, our entry into the Salesforce space. Yeah, so what's what's interesting is we didn't start looking for technologies till, you know, sort of the latter part of that whole process. It was all about business process redesign, business transformation, and then we needed a technology to to put it all in play. And that's when we evaluated technologies, selected Salesforce. That was the summer of 2014. By November 2014, we were up and running. Mm -hmm. That coincided with uh, 
uh, bringing uh, online our new um, a student center we call University Crossing. So our Solution Center uh, is right there when you walk in the building mm -hmm. and uh, it's our one stop. And uh, so we help uh, students in person uh, via email, via phone, and there's a self-help knowledge base as well. So we've been doing that. That's our first implementation. Uh, this is on Service Cloud. We've been up five plus years now um, and closing about 120,000 cases and all the requisite tasks each year. So we have 600,000 plus cases and, and growing and it's really a cornerstone of what we do. Wow. Okay, there's a lot there I want to unpack because I love, 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 love what you guys said about the business process being really where you started, right? The this isn't really a technology thing we're doing, like we're really solving process issues, right? So can you, I know this wasn't um, something we asked you to talk about before, but I'd love to know kind of how you guys started with your process redesign, if you had, you know, vendors or help or anybody that, that helped walk you through that um, and think through that. Yeah, and I, I would love to jump in on that because I was actually part of the, the team that did a lot of that work. And it really, again, started with the vision of putting students at the center, recognizing that students experience us as one place, UMass Lowell. And we have lots of different operational things that happen, but students shouldn't be bounced from office to office or have to go 10 places to take care of something. So how we then moved that is we did, we spent a bit of time just thinking about it, looking at other schools, but then we made an institutional commitment and we had the directors of the key um, student service offices dedicate really one day a week for an entire year doing business process redesign. And it was not only taking, you know, what are the ways in which students interact with us today, but what would it look like as a more seamless process? And so that, that was a huge amount of time. We partnered with our, our friends here in IT, and we actually had a project manager from IT that was working with us. And um, we, we did partner with several people along the way to, to help us. We were also the benefit, we did a Davis Foundation grants that helped um, with, with some of the work. Um, but when I talk, like looking back is where you actually see the true digital transformation that happened in everything that we did because students would not only interact with us before as individual offices, people were all working with students out of their own email kind of accounts that nobody, you know, if somebody was out, you couldn't see the different transactions and all of that. And today, you fast forward, students interact with one point of contact, our solution center. They come in regardless of what their need is, and we are able to help them either right on the spot or triage, and we are connected through Salesforce with all of the home offices and are able to collaborate, and students do not need to be bounced from office to office. Mm -hmm. um, we have in the last, Really, the last two years, we've added on our advising, our professional advising, which is deeply connected to registration and enrollment and financial aid. So our advisors are in the same um, 
Salesforce instance. We've added Sal now. We've integrated re-enrollment campaigns, and um, it has really just transformed everything. I, I think we could spend a lot of time even talking about like the power of dashboards. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love dashboards. It, it's really <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really been a game changer, and it's it's a story. It's a it's a lot of stories, and one is of you know having the vision and then. Uh, working through uh, the technology components, putting it in place, you know, iterating through and realizing that, right? Vision to value and realizing right. that. It's also a people story because, you know, Carrie's teams, my team, you know, we weren't CRM folks at the beginning of this, but this, we, we all had kind of a common goal um, uh, to do this for our students, for our campus, mm -hmm. and we worked together, and, uh, and and we did it, and and we learned along the way, you know. So, it's a good it's a good story. Well, and I love the the people in the process part, and even though we're talking about you know this digital transformation and technology here, you know that that triangle where all three of those things exist, you've really got to have a good foundation on on the other two sides. So. Um, right. The one last question I have was just about, and, and maybe this is your role, Carrie. Are you, would you consider yourself sort of the sponsor of the Salesforce effort? Like, how does that kind of relationship between uh, where you sit and with IT work, um, and then you know, how are you guys approaching governance for for some of these changes with those thirteen some odd units all in the same place? Yeah, I would say that I am definitely one of the key sponsors on the campus, just in terms of that. Our collective area in academic services are key partners and users, but I would say it's an absolute kind of shared sponsorship. I think every step of the way, there is not kind of a decision made that's not, it, it's in total partnership with IT and um, the provost office. And I think that Lori and myself, we work very closely and our teams, I think that that's where all the magic is that, you know, as much as we say higher ed is in silos and CRM has kind of brought the way we do business into a shared space, that that's also how we work, um, which has been very, very powerful. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have one enterprise org uh, that is EDA based. We migrated over to EDA when um, when we saw the direction from Salesforce and also when we were looking to uh, move to Sal. So we saw the writing on the wall and, and did that and, um, and that certainly uh, has paid dividends. I have a small group, small and mighty group, and they work very hard and, you know, our challenge really hasn't been having people want to come on board. Our challenge currently is we have a dozen or so departments and more want to come on board and so then you know you have to support the daily operations we have a couple big projects in the hopper we have um, projects that already exist that are looking to grow so it's a good problem to have and we're looking forward to solving it and augmenting our staff mm -hmm. we'll figure out how we do that but we have wonderful sponsors and a nice working relationship, and, and that's part of the story, too. Yeah, and I would just say to build on what Laurie's saying as being kind of the, the partner on the business side, I think one of the most important things and has been a strength for us and our collective team in the advising and student service side, we put in the time. 
we, we did the business process review. We weren't kind of, we didn't think this was something we could just kind of plug in and it would kind of revolutionize the way we do things. We really kind of worked to have our vision of what we wanted. And I would say that that has been one of the great fits for us with Salesforce is because we've been able to use the technology to support the way in which we envision doing the work. Um, and, and that has been uh, an interesting challenge on the campus because as we kind of do a little bit of our road shows and show the work, you know, for, so say in the student success space, I can do a demo of how we're using SAL. And not only are we bringing in the information about the students, you know, their, their, their grades and, you know, some of the information connected to advising and their advising appointments. Well, we've also worked and we're bringing in when students attend tutoring and different career services information. So it gives you this like 360 view of the students, mm -hmm. but we didn't just get there. We have our SAL implementation team meets weekly and, and really reviews and has done lots of lots of work with our advisors and, and figuring out those things and partnering with folks to make that happen. Um, because when we show and say, we've got these great retention re-enrollment dashboards, the first time I've ever demoed any technology that everybody says, I want that, you know, <laughs> and they absolutely see the value add, but you have to do the time to kind of work through the business process and all of that. Yeah, Carrie's absolutely right, and um, you know, things don't come easy. You got to put in the in the work, and we so appreciate that mm -hmm. that the whole collective team does. And the team's called the Sal Pals, by the way. Yeah. So that's kind of <laughs> well, that might be our title right there. <laughs> I well, I am, a, I am so glad to hear all of this. I think what I am, uh, my takeaway from all of this is that where you started and where you are now, I think, I feel like I can truly say that UMass Lowell is a connected campus. So very exciting. Um, and I'm glad you were able to share that with us. Um, but as we round out this first segment, one of my favorite questions to ask about, and you, you started going there, but if you could kind of repeat or give us a little more detail as to what is on the roadmap to continue this connected campus experience. Sure, I'll, I'll start. Um, so, you know, our SAL implementation is uh, for first year freshman students and professional advisors and uh, we're going to extend that at some point to, you know, each cohort, sophomore, junior, senior, and we'll work closely with Carrie and team to do that. Um, on deck currently, we have what I call Recruiting 2.0 initiative. And what we're doing is working with uh, our partners in undergrad admissions, grad admissions, and our continuing ed team, three recruiting units, and what we're looking to do is really take a fresh look at our CRM technologies, figure out what we need to do um, to make improvements and, and streamline things. Uh, it's a very competitive landscape out there, only getting more so, so this is very timely. Currently, we're in a, I'll say, a design phase of that project. We have um, uh, some consultants from Salesforce we're working with on that. We're looking at a a lead and opportunity type model. 
to transition to. We're designing that out. And uh, we're also uh, migrating to Pardot for the email uh, engine and the lead type functionality. And we'll see where that goes as far as leads in Pardot versus more of a kind of lead in the CRM approach. But both are going on uh, concurrently. Um, and in addition to that, we have just all kinds of operational things going on all the time and supporting the 12 or so units uh, that we have. Anything I missed that you want to add, Carrie? I have a few things on my list. <laughs> all right, here we go. Yeah. yeah, I think that all of the things that Lori said, and I think part of, you know, as we think about that and bringing on more folks, I am a firm, firm believer, and I'm not a technical person, but in the one org approach, yeah. I think that that has been key to our success and thinking through how students move through their life cycle from prospects to alumni and I think we need to stay with the one org but as we bring more folks in we've got to continue to talk about not only the kind of data governance but like rules of engagement mm -hmm. how do we best serve students how do we share cases, how do we collaborate? Is it, you know, through chatter? Is it through moving cases? All of those types of things. And as we get bigger, that gets a little bit more challenging. Um, but I think if we come back to in the kind of student success space, I think we have moved the needle tremendously um, in kind of the next steps related to SAL. I think we need to continue to figure out what the right role for faculty is because I think the dashboards and the advisor kind of interface is phenomenal. It's so much better than our student system. So figuring out a way to share that with them without having them be in, have to be in the nitty gritty of all of the campaigns that we do. I also think chatbots and figuring out ways that we can, with our solution center, you know, over 120,000 cases a year. That's a lot. We have a small but mighty team that, that's responding to all those. So what are the ways through chatbots or AI can we help address some of the kind of quick and easy answers, you know? Yeah. Um, one thing I'd, I'd like to do, we have, you know, five years in growing on um, Salesforce, right? Salesforce data. And we have Sal in the last year to add to that. So can we mine that information, look for patterns and trends? Is there anything that we don't know that, you know, any um, kind of nuggets that would be very insightful that would come out of this operational data? And it depends on the questions that we ask of the data, but that to me is a very interesting future step. Okay. Yeah, we have actually been using a lot of the data to help us you know, make business improvements. When we see lots of cases coming in about something, you know, perhaps it's about understanding a bill or the verification process, we have refined and made, you know, different knowledge articles. We've moved things on our website. We've pushed out communications and all of that has been incredibly helpful. But I do agree with Lori, we have so much data that's really figuring out ways that um, might not be as easy for us to discern um, would be incredibly helpful. Yeah. yeah. Wow, well it sounds like you all have a 
great uh, roadmap ahead of you, uh, some challenges and some very exciting uh, projects um, ahead. I think a lot of what I heard there were some really uh, interesting topics that I would like to do more of a deep dive on, specifically um, your, strat your lead strategy with Pardot. That's going to be interesting. I think that would be interesting to many others that might be listening to the, to the segment. Um, speaking of segment and deep dives, our next segment, I'll transition there, is our topic deep dive. And this is where we'd like to spend a couple of minutes to talk about a specific area. And one of the things that we find so unique about UMass Lowell are the efforts to weave Salesforce into the curriculum and the empowerment of student trailblazers. We know that UML, UML has been recognized as the pioneers in integrating CRM into the classroom. So I'm really excited to hear about that. So if we could spend a few minutes and have you share uh, about that partnership, that would be great. Sure, yeah. So that uh, kicked off a few years ago, I think it was 2017, and um, the dean of our business school, Dean Sandy Richtemeyer, is a wonderful partner. Um, she has an IT background as well as a, a business and accounting background, and we, when we shared with her, when she came to UMass Lowell and we shared what we were doing, in this space, she really, she just saw it and wanted to get her faculty involved and students involved. And so the faculty at the Manning School of Business integrate trailheads into the curriculum in about six courses. They've been doing so for the last three or so years. At this point, hundreds of students, uh, a year actually, uh, have taken uh, courses that, that integrate uh, trailhead content. and. Um, the students have, have uh, taken it and ran with it, and there's now an officially sanctioned Salesforce student group on campus, and our friends at salesforce.org have helped uh, with that, but they have Salesforce Saturdays, Saturday. yeah, and Tuesday evenings, people get together. So they've taken it and ran with it, and it's been, it's been great, and uh, what's interesting to me is Fairly quickly, the word got out that we were offering these kinds of things to our students, and employers started to contact us about it. And so now it's become a thing, which is wonderful. Yeah. So it just it just grew, and now it's now it's a thing, right? <laughs> it, yeah. So, so do yeah. You, yeah. Our students our students have gone to Northeast Dreaming. Our students have gone to the Boston World Tour. Um, Again, none of this could be uh, possible without the support of the faculty and, and the dean at the Manning School. And, you know, it's it's wonderful. So, uh, and we just see it growing over time. That's so cool. Yeah, do you guys actually use any of the, like, students in your development team? Uh, we do, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's part of our strategy. Thanks for asking, Haley. That's part of our strategy. So, you know, we have a, a small-ish CRM group, and to keep up with the demand, uh, we thought, how wonderful to get interns and co-ops in here. So we've been doing that for the last four or five years. Um, in the last year, I hired one of them. He started with us as a co-op, and we hired him as a full-time employee, and we've had a number of them here. Uh, and I know some other departments have had some full-time uh, co-ops, too. So it's part of our strategy, and folks get real-world experience. There's something really pretty about that, like, right, right, like you're helping their student experience and then they're helping to build that out. And it's just like this really beautiful, like pay it forward type model. I don't know. There's something really pretty yeah. about that. <laughs> a match then, made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. and then you, that is true. Can you imagine like being in a class or a student group 
like in college and learning Salesforce, like how different my life would have been. Would have just gotten here <laughs> <a lot> sooner. <laughs> um, what what advice would you give um, to a campus or a university if they wanted to start this kind of partnership? Like, is there um, is there some something you would do differently or or start differently? What what advice would you give? I, I don't know if we would do anything differently. We were a couple years in, and it had, it was really starting to take off. And it, it's always about I think the relationships and partnerships. So we had a dean who saw it uh, at the Manning School and and we worked together with uh, Sandy Richtemeyer, the dean. And when I was at a higher ed summit, I think it was the one in Austin, I approached Salesforce, um, the right contacts at Salesforce, and I said, you got to come to UMass Lowell. I want to tell you what we're doing and our students want to get involved and I have a dean who wants to get involved from a um, you know, integration of, of this technology into the curriculum and they came out. We work together, we put a program together. We actually have an annual Salesforce day uh, for the students. It's pretty cool and um, and it's just taken off ever since. What is Salesforce day? <laughs> what is Salesforce day? Well, we have speakers from, yeah, we have speakers from Salesforce come. We have a career panel. We have a introduction of trailheads in our labs. We have really kind of a full, a full day. It's been a really nice thing. And uh, recently, in the in the last year, uh, Salesforce had joined forces with us on a mentorship program uh, for first year first first year first gen students. So that was a newish program. About 20 students uh, involved with Salesforce employees. So all of these things, you know, are coming together from from this nice partnership that we have. So. It's uh, it's been great. Well, thanks so much, uh, Lori and Carrie, for being on the podcast and sharing your background experiences um, at, at University of Mass Lowell. Um, it's been fantastic. I know that there's probably a lot of listeners out there that still have questions for you. So, if any of our listeners have questions, how could they engage with you? Sure, uh, I'm on the Power of Us Hub on the community uh, all the time. And they can also uh, send me an email at Lori, L-O-R-I, underscore, D is in David, E, M is in Michael, B is in boy, O-W-I-T-Z, at uml.edu. Yes, and my, you can also email me as well, Kerry, K-E-R-R-Y, underscore, Donahue, D-O-N-O-H-O-E, at uml.edu, or just email Lori. Lori's going to get it. Well, thank you guys again so much. Um, we really appreciate it. This has been a really great conversation. And I think we probably could have done six or seven podcasts with you on different topics. You guys are just absolutely killing it. So we really appreciate it. Uh, to all the listeners out there, please listen, subscribe, engage with us. We're available through Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and through our website, thepodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at The Podcast and send us your questions and comments. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one.